Well, we're demoing a bunch of houses that have been dilapidated and they've been neglected, gutting them. The team behind is gonna come in and fix them up so that uh, they can be used for future residents. It'll be a big blessing. So it's been great to come out here and be a witness to the community, as well as bless the people who we don't know who they are yet. God knows, the community will know. Today when we got here it was a mess. Uh, trees overgrown everywhere, houses with furniture still in them, uh, plaster and uh, wallboard falling off the walls. Everything needed to be removed so that we can get ready for the next step. So it's great to be a part of a large team because everybody can be doing something, whereas if you have smaller teams, uh, it requires different skill sets. But to know that I can be cutting grass, tearing out stuff, putting things in trucks, and being a small part of a larger community space. Life is better connected. Thanks, Darren, for sharing with us. And uh, it's good to see one of those bass players out there getting his hands dirty. You know what I mean? That's good stuff. But uh, now, you know, we're able to do that and, and share in community, like community in that when, when we were doing Love 804 projects because of what Christ did. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, I have to share something with you a little bit uh, just because of the song we just sang. It's not part of the sermon. So this is all for free. Okay. So just hang on and we're going to go there. But, you know... We've been preaching through the Bible and studying through the Bible since last January, right? And uh, we just turned the corner, turned the page there, and now we're in the New Testament. Last couple of weeks, we were talking about the early parts of Jesus' ministry, uh, his birth and stuff. And one of the things that we really ran through in, in that early part of, of his birth, uh, I was teaching that in, in my life group, and I, I got over in Philippians chapter 2. And because, you know, we, we've all heard the story about Mary's perspective and, 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 the, and, the, and the physical birth of Christ. But boy, when you start talking about the, the, the whole incarnation, that's, that's God coming in the flesh. And we see that in Philippians chapter 2 where it talks about how Jesus humbled himself. He emptied himself and became a servant. He was fully God and fully man. And so, man, from the story of Christ, we know that he gave his best. And that was his life, right? He was born to die. And, and he came and he willingly gave his best. But as we were singing that song, show us your glory, show us your glory, Lord. I was just, just overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, Philippians says this, when he came, he emptied himself. It doesn't really tell us what he emptied himself of. But we come to know the truth of what he emptied himself of when we look at John 17. And John 17 says that he, he's praying to God. He says, restore unto me the glory which I had with you before. And we see it, we see the picture there. He emptied himself of his glory. And here we are, we're singing, we're praying, God, show us your glory. And then we come to the realization that as a man, fully man, Christ gave his best, his life. As God, he gave his best. And he emptied himself of his glory. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he changes us. And, and that's part of the call. That's why we're out there doing Love 804 projects. That's why we're, we're all over the place we, because of his love for us calls us to a radical change in our own life. You know, uh, that radical change talks about how we live it out, how, how we live that life among other believers. Uh, when I was coming to church this morning, I walked outside 
It was a beautiful day, wasn't it? Y'all agree with that? Is this not like awesome? We're in August and we walk outside. And it's woo. This is just fantastic. And I took in the deep breath and I could smell it. You know what? I, you know what it is? Football. Yeah. God just changed directions real quick, didn't I? I actually didn't. I'm coming back. Just hang with me. I'm coming back. But yeah, you smell. It just smells like football. My favorite time of the year. It's just fun. Why? Because I just enjoy it. There's this passion for 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 this game. And boy, you know, we get. It's it's amazing how you you get talking and people gather together in groups and they they share this passion for a team, and 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 how it empowers them. It emboldens them, and they're able to do this stuff. And and it's just a lot of fun. Man, it really is. But wow, how much more so for us as believers to be able to, to come together and be empowered by the Holy Spirit and, 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 to, and, and to be there. And man, we need it. We desperately need the fellowship of believers. Let me explain why. Let me ask you, have you ever had one of those days where there was just too many things to accomplish? No, nobody, right? No, this means yes. Okay. Have you ever had one of those days? Yeah. I had one yesterday <laughs> and the day before <laughs> and the day before that. It just seems like we fill our schedule with things, activities, stuff, good things. But the problem is when we have all that just going on and there's just too much to happen, it causes stress in our life, Right? It causes distraction. It does a lot of things. Well, what about one of those days where, man, if one more thing goes wrong? Yeah, we, we know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not that one thing went wrong early in the morning. Maybe it could, just bad. But it seems like, man, there's this cascade of events that just, it's just, it's wrong and it's wrong. And, man, this is not the way I wanted it. And this is not the way I intended this to be. And, wow. The day just just gets awful. How about one of those days when, when all this is going on and you feel like you're on an island by yourself? You're all alone. You don't know how to face the issues or the problems or the stress. You don't have the answers. You just but you're there by yourself. You see that that's that's when we need community, right? That's when we need other things. But, but, but it's more than that. What, what about if it's not one of those days, but it's one of those weeks? We're not talking about one day now. We're, we're talking about, wow, this, is, this has been going on for a whole week. I'm worn out. I, I don't know if I can take any more of this. It's just like, wow, Lord, how much can I take? Then the week turns into... A month. You've been there? It hurts. It's hard. Life comes at you fast from all different directions. And sometimes, man, it just smacks you, knocks you down. You're all alone. Got too much on you. You you, you just, just, everything's wrong. What, what, What if it's not a month, but it's a year? Do you give up hope? Well, sometimes we lose hope. We, we, we lose focus. We, I've kind of had one of those years. I'm just being honest. 
I think some of you probably might be going through some of those years too where things come from different directions, infect people we love or, or things happen to, in directions we don't want. Or, 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 you know, just, it's just amazing how many times things can happen and it can change your life so quick. And, and you seem seems out of control and, and you look and say, Lord, where are you? What's going on? But, boy, you know what, what sustains me in the midst of one of those years? You know what really makes a difference? It, it, it's, it's being connected. It's engaging in community. It's, it, it's being with other people. And, and, and we all desperately need it, whether we think we do or not, you know. Some of us don't think we need it. I'll be honest with you, some of us just think that life is okay, but boy, let me tell you something. There's going to come a day, you need it. It's going to be there. You know, this morning I hope to convince you that we as believers need each other. That we need each other. More than just coming to church, more than just smiling, more than just patting each other on the back or getting a few hugs. It's good to see everybody. That's, that's, that's good. It's warm. It's, you, you feel good about it. Man, it was good to see Rick or it's good to see Joe or Amy or whatever. It's, it's good. It's more than that. It, it's that we have a need for each other that transcends the normal cultural ideas of friendship. What do I mean by that? I mean, it's different. Hey, there's, there's friendships that people have outside of the church. There's friendships that people have that, that aren't believers. But this has got to be something that's different. And the church should lead the way. You know, I, uh, when I send an email or if I send a letter, many times, uh, very frequently, probably most of the time, I sign it, sign off saying, forever changed by his grace, Ronnie. You know, that's just kind of the thing I do. And, and I do that for several reasons. You know, I, I do it because it, it does remind me of the fact that, hey, I was changed. I was radically changed by Christ when I was 14 years old. You say, wow, what could you have been in at 14? Trust me. That's a long story and we don't have time for that. But I, I was in trouble. I was in deep, in deep darkness already. And, but God radically changed me through, through having a relationship with Christ at 14. But, but when I sign that, it also challenges me to say, how much change is actually taking place right now? See, that's different. I mean, there was this moment in time when I came to know Christ and wow, my world changed. But it should be something that's going on and on and on. And how does, that, how does that happen in my life? And so it challenges me when I sign it to think that. Actually, it even challenges me to say, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step that I need to take? I mean, that's the big question, right? What's the next step? I think all of us in here as believers would agree, hey, I want to know what my next step is with Christ. What do I need to do? And, and you know, guess what? For all of us, it's going to be something different. That's the beauty of it because he knows exactly where we are, what's going on in our life, where we are, and he leads us and gifts us and does things. He's going to give us some different steps. But, but some of them become very ob- obvious. I just want to say that there's nothing more important, though, than to see God changing us through other believers. 
You say, well, does that, do I really need that? Well, let me, let me make a case for it. Let's see. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We're, we're in the early parts of the ministry there of, of, of Christ. And, and like I said, and through our journal, we just journey, we've just come into the New Testament. But he has, uh, at this point, he, Jesus comes on the scene. We've, he's gone through the baptism now. We, we talked about his birth. We talked about his baptism. And now he's on the scene. And this is the Sermon on the Mount, which is, uh, you know, the most famous sermon that he has. And boy, he is setting the stage. And, and he, he's been preaching. Preaching about the kingdom of God, which is different. The kingdom of God, you and I, it's, it's the relationships, it's this group of people that's there. And, and he's preaching about this idea that we are going to be in a relationship that is radically different. I know I like that word radical this morning, but that's okay. I want to do it. Uh, radical, radically different. It's, it's a new kind of family. You know, we, we you know, uh, was it blood's thicker than water? Is that what everybody says? Okay. Ah, boy, this is a new kind of family. This is something that's, that's important, that's great. But, but that new kind of family talks about a, a type of unity. We know that Jesus, at the end, when he's praying in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, what is he praying? He's praying that we would be unified in the future. He, he wants that unity. In fact, hey, you know, what, what is the definition of community? I keep talking about that. What, what is the definition? Uh, Webster says this. It's a unified body. So, you know, I kind of go back to where I started. You know, there's unity. You, it can be over something as simple as a group of people wearing the same shirt, the Washington Redskins shirt or something like that, you know, because they're all fans. Now, Dallas Cowboy folks don't say anything right there. But, you know, you can be unified because they're proud of to do that. Or it could be that they're unified about something else, a cause. And there's many causes that we can go through and talk about. But the cause of Christ, or the, the actual part of being unified for Christ, is, is, is even more than that. We, we, we should do that. Let's, let's look real quick at, what, uh, at Matthew 5 and see what it says. Now, first off, we want to see this, is that Jesus challenged all to a radical change in the way that we are to live in community with each other. Okay? He challenged all of us. That's, that, that means, what it means is he's saying, look... If, if, if you're going to live in community with other believers, it's got to look different. It's got to be different than what you see outside. That's what's different. That's what's going on. So let's read what, what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. A uh, very familiar passage. And we're going to spend just a little bit of time in this before we go somewhere else. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the foot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, just just a couple quick things about this to kind of set the stage of what we're trying to say, and that's this. First, it says that we are what? Salt and light. Good. Y'all still awake. I'm just to make sure you're still with me. Okay, we're salt and light. Well, what is salt? It's a preserver. You use salt to, they, they would use salt to, to help preserve meats and other foods and, and, and make it last longer. And he's saying, hey, you are what? A preserver. Well, salt's also, it influences or enhances flavor, right? I don't know about y'all, but you know, you put salt in it when you cook, but I like fresh salt. Y'all know what I'm talking about there? It's got to be right on the top of whatever I'm eating. Why? Because I like the flavor. It stands out to me. It's important. Well, that's no different than what God's saying right here. 
You are salt, meaning it's got to be something that people notice. It's influence, whether it be in the political place or in the workplace or in the neighborhood or in the family or wherever you find yourself. Influence. Now, think about that when it says you are salt and light. It says you, meaning it's plural, not individual. See, most of us look at it and say, okay, I'm salt, I'm light. No, it's saying you as a body of believers, as a group of people are salt. You as a group of people are light. What does light do? Well, light gives life. Try to grow a garden in the dark. It doesn't work. That's why gardens are always grown in the summer, you know, when we do that rather than the winter. Why? Because there's more light. And, and, and Christ is saying, if you follow me and you're, and you're going to be a part of this, this group or this body of believers, this kingdom of God, you become light. You, be, you, you give life to those who are around you. It also exposes, or, or rather maybe a better word, it penetrates the darkness. Would you agree with me that there's lots of darkness in our world? Man, every time I think I'm not going to hear something new, I do. You know, it's like, wow, you're kidding me. Because the darkness just gets deeper and deeper and harder and further away from God. And, 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 and that's what sin does. But, you know, hey, we are to be light. We're a city on the hill. We're, we're a lamp. You know, we're, 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 we shed light into that darkness. You know what that really means, guys? It means our faith in Christ was never meant to be a private thing. Y'all have heard that, right? Oh, that's a private thing. No, it's not. We're light. We're salt. It's never meant to be private. Ever. Not one piece. It's deeply personal. It's a personal relationship I have with Christ. But it is never meant to be private. And so, man, if we're trying to live out our faith in a private way, folks, we're we're missing the very teachings of what Christ is saying it means to be a part of a group. We're, We're missing out. We cannot experience the fullness of God and try to live out our faith in a private way. It's important to do that. Flip it over to John chapter 13 real quick. Can you do that? I want to show you one more, one more passage if you could. And that brings us to a second point. And that second point is simply this. It's the same point. It's Jesus challenged all to a radical change in the way we are to live in community with each other. You say, really? Point one and point two are the same? Yeah. I just want you to remember one thing today. <laughs> That's it. I want you to know that Jesus challenged us to, to a radical change in the way we live. I want you to be uncomfortable. I want you to leave thinking, what's my next step? How can I follow Jesus more closely in doing this? Look at John chapter 13, would you? And what he says, uh, once again, uh, boy, you've heard this. You, it's, it's not, this is nothing new. Except it was new then. And Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you Okay, I'll make sure. A new commandment I give to you is that you what? Love one another, even as I have loved you. Wow. He knew what was coming. He was born to die. And he's saying, I want you to love, but remember what he's done. He's already 
emptying himself of his glory. He's already emptied himself of, uh, you know, he's still fully God, but boy, he's emptied himself of that. And now he's about to die on the cross. This is right towards the end of his ministry. And he's saying, I want you to love each other even as what? I have loved you. Man, that is a, just a, a strong, strong challenge and command. But then he says this, even as I love you, that you also love one another, verse 35, and by this, all men will know. That's, they'll know it experientially. They'll, they'll know it, 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 will know in the sense that it is a proven fact. Man, there's something so different. All men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Okay, so wow, that says something right there. He's saying, look, if you love one another as I have loved you, all men will know it. Is that the way we love each other? When you think of church today, is that what you think about? Oh, man, man, there's something so great. You know, unfortunately, church doesn't have that reputation in our community, does it? We want our church to, though. Folks, we want our church to be that church that the 804 can't imagine being without. But by doing that, it means that we've got to step up. We've got to, we've got to be involved. We have to be engaged. I'll be honest with you. Man, I'm so glad so many are here. But do you, know, do you realize that every week, I didn't say this last hour, but every week we have uh, uh, about 900 to 1,000 people that come that aren't engaged in any other way other than worship. I'm so glad you're here. I really am. That's not to, I'm not trying to pour coals on you. I'm glad you're here. Man, because what a wonderful opportunity. The worship this morning was fantastic. Uh, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to your next step. Jesus said, by your love for one another, all men will know that you are my disciples. And I just want to challenge you to say, listen, unless you're engaging in those relationships that are radically different, that look different, that, that feel different, that say, wow, there's something about the way that group or that pe- person lives th- th- that I want to know. There's something different. We were never intended on doing this alone. Never, ever. Some may ask why. Why should I invest in sharing life together with other believers? It's just not who I am. And I get it. man. You know, some of us are extroverts and some are introverts, right? Some of us are loud. Not me. (laughs) And some are soft, spoken. Are you laughing at me? I'm not loud. I know I am. Look, some of us, uh, we're just different, right? We're we're just different, and that's okay. And and, and in that difference, sometimes we have different needs, you know? Uh, You know, somebody that's introverted is going to come, and, man, they're in a big group, and they're like, wow, this is awesome, but they go home exhausted, whoo, because they just spent so much out of them. Somebody like me goes home, I'm like, wow, I'm ready to party, okay, because I've been there. And that's different, but you know what? Here's the thing, folks. We all still need each other, whether we realize it or not. It's really important, and it does it. Let me share some things that I think uh, it will do. Why should we live in community? This, some of these things are, are adapted from an article I read by uh, Deborah Felita, but, uh, but it's longer than that. But I, I just pulled a few things out, and I wanted to, to, to kind of uh, talk about them because I think they're so important. One is it challenges us to be more like Christ. Folks, let me tell you something. 
When we're walking in a relationship with other believers, that it absolutely is not just encouraging, but when we're with other people, it reminds us of how we are to live. It, it, it gives us an accountability. It, it, it just gives us a strength to be able to live it out that I'm telling you by myself, I couldn't do it. I already fell miserably, man. If I didn't have other believers, just imagine how bad it would be. But it challenges us to be more like him. Man, it, it brings into focus those areas where, man, we're not quite there. We're still growing. Nobody's arrived, right? Nobody's made it. And uh, do that. it opens our eyes to the needs of others. You know, when I say that, I'm not really focusing on the idea that uh, there, there are places to, you know, feed the hungry or, or to address other things. Those are important. I'm not trying to downplay that. That's important because as believers, man, that's a way we can impact lives in, in a tremendous way. But what I'm really talking about is that it, you start to see that there are areas or different things that are, that are important that we can, we can address and see that there are needs and, and develop maybe groups or things. You know, we, we're, we're doing some of that. Uh, we're, we're, we're starting an off-campus group for Fort Lee. Okay, we're, we're starting that here real soon. We can get some information outside when you leave. But, but that off-campus group Fort Lee is, is a group that, that will be centered around people who, who are military families and they have very specific needs and things going on in their life. And this will help them to be able to address that and talk about it and share it and, and do those things. And so, wow, that's, that's a good opportunity. Helps us focus on those needs, okay? Uh, we'll start some new adult, young adult groups that you can find about. Uh, we, we're, we're starting one. Man, it's a great book right here. Uh, we're starting an off-campus group. It says at 11 o'clock uh, on the back of your bulletin. But that, that time's flexible. If you're interested, I want you to go out there and talk about it. Um, they're going to start by doing a hot topic that Tony Evans wrote called Oneness Embraced. And it's a bold, uh, a bold look at how we are to look at how our, our, the racial divide that's in, in our country. And uh, we have some folks that are ready to lead that and look at it. And I'm going to tell you, this is fantastic stuff, by the way. I've, I've uh, been reading it. I'm so excited about this group. Um, and so... You know, if you're interested in that, go out there and talk to them about, hey, what when this group meets and all that. It's going to be on Sunday afternoon, and you can be a part of that. Uh, we're going to start a group. Of, we have a very large Spanish-speaking community right here in, in, in our area. Joel, would you come on up? And Joel Iclis is coming up just for a second. And uh, hey, give him a hand. There you go. He's a lot better looking than I am. So I'm just kidding with Joel. Hey, uh, Joel, show, share with us a little bit about your heart and what, you're, what you want to do with the Spanish-speaking community, okay? Sure. Uh, buenos días, iglesia. Eh, mi nombre es Joel Aguiluz. Eh, yo soy un diácono en la congregación. Y pues lo que quería compartirles es que Dios ha puesto un deseo en mi corazón de alcanzar y servir a, a la comunidad hispana. Hemos tratado diferentes cosas ya, eh, pues hemos tratado el... el Actividades como estudios bíblicos y pues pronto vamos a empezar otra actividad. Mm, okay. I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I have no clue what my friend just said. Uh, but no, listen, I, and that's what I appreciate. About, but you know what? Hey, here's the deal. We have a large Spanish-speaking community around here. Share with us uh, what's happening here. Sure, we'll try it again. Uh, Good morning, church. My name is Joel Aguilus. I'm one of the deacons here. And so God has opened up my, my eyes to a huge need in our community to reach out, to serve. Um, 
the, the Hispanic community. Uh, we've tried different things already this year. We started a community group back in the winter in January. We tried again in the summer. We've leveraged different things in the church. Uh, Ethan's uh, soccer group has been great. Uh, uh, some people might have gone out there and see. We have a, a lot of people that have shown up for that. And so if, if our goal is to be the church uh, that the 804 cannot imagine being without, we definitely need an outreach uh, for this growing community. And we are starting a new life group for Spanish-speaking people, yeah. right? Give us the details. On yeah, yeah. So, so we're super excited about the next Sunday. We're starting a Spanish life group, and we're going to be going over the same materials, uh, the uh, gospel foundations from Lifeway in Spanish. And, and so this is really, really exciting for us uh, because a lot of times we have folks that want to invite people, uh, but there's no place for them to, to worship here. Uh, so you'll have, we have a 1045 Module 3 spot so you can invite uh, people you may know um, already or you may come across as you go about your day. Uh, you have a place you can invite them. Um, and I would, what I would encourage you, if you're bilingual, right, if you understood what I said the first time, um, I would encourage you to prayerfully consider um, joining the group, even if it's for a, for a short period of time. And the reason why is because there's going to be a platform that we're going to leverage to reach out to the community, to serve the community, and we need as many hands as possible. Uh, but everybody can play a part, and, and I would ask you to also keep us in your prayers. Uh, no work of God is going to start outside of prayer. And uh, my dream, this is my, my vision, I, I see the life group growing to a full service in Spanish uh, one day. And uh, so Amen. we definitely need your prayers uh, to see God move. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. And so maybe, uh, maybe that's uh, the next step for some of you. You know, we're talking about what, what is the next step. Maybe that's it. And we, we can see that. And so, man, you start seeing the needs of different groups of people and, and you're able to do some stuff. Let's look at a couple more. It teaches you to work through conflict. And boy, I don't know about you, but sometimes... People just get on my nerves. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not pointing at any of you, okay. <laughs> and I know some of you are saying, yeah, Ronnie, you get on our nerves sometimes. And if you'd hurry up, you wouldn't be on. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Hey, sometimes people get on my nerves. Oh, my goodness. They just do. And, and you know why? Because we're all just broken people. And we all have baggage. And we all have issues and that's every one of us you know and and sometimes it's just hard and and so sometimes when when we're engaging in uh trying to live life in a group and be a part of that and do that kind of stuff um it just gets uncomfortable sometimes we get hurt get our feelings hurt and i don't mean fluffy little feelings sometimes we're, we're deeply wounded by what happens when we have interaction with other people and you know what that's not what Christ said, though. Christ didn't say, hey, I want you to, to, to live in this life of loving one another so the world will know until you get hurt. That's not what he said. He's saying, I want the world to know, and I want to do it through you. And, you know, it's a plurality again. I want to do it through you. And as a result, folks, hey, here, here's the deal. Um, it challenges us to work through that conflict. It says, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop getting everything that God has for me because I got hurt. It gives you a chance to forgive. I'm going to tell you what, folks. It's real easy in our righteous anger to get angry and mad and hold a grudge. And I know none of us want to admit. If I ask you, who in here is holding a grudge? Not a one of you would raise your hand. But what I would bet is most of us are. That's what I would bet. 
that there's some unforgiveness in our life. And, and sometimes towards other believers. Sometimes it's like, man, you're, you sit down and you just pray. I hope that person doesn't sit behind me. Gosh, I hope. I... Hey, y'all laughing because you know it's true. Hey, it gives us a chance to forgive. Man, it's important. Why? Because of what he did for us. It is so, so important to understand that. Hey, McGill University also did a study, secular study, not in the church, about, about community, about people who live in community. And here's another, some, some good reasons I think it is for us to, to make sure that we take that step and we get involved in community. Look at what uh, they did. They interviewed 400,000 people, and they said that people that were in strong communities were eight times happier. Now, boy, I don't know how they actually came up with eight times happier. They have the formula, they did all this stuff, but you know what? doesn't change the fact that, boy, they, it was a scientific survey and they did all this stuff and they, they, had, they had the stats that go through this. And here's a few of the things that I pulled out of that study uh, and kind of reworded it just to kind of see what you got. Uh, one part is I think people are happier, whether they realize it or not, because they have deeper relationships as opposed to shallow ones. I'm going to tell you what, folks, we all understand what I mean there. Uh, shallow relationships are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. You can't have deep relationships with everybody. But, boy, there's got to be a group of people that you are engaging in such a way that, boy, it, it really affects you in your Christian walk, okay? So deeper relationships, it's important. It means that we're spending more time with them rather than less time. You know, that's kind of a relationship. Look, if you want to grow with the Lord, spend more time with him than less time. Uh, it's true about relationships we have with other people. That's part of that radical call. Like, hey, it's not about me, but it's about others. It's about being a part of what God's doing and doing that. So it's more time versus less time. It's talking about social engagement instead of social isolation. You know, pulling ourselves away and, and not wanting to be. I, I'm not saying it's, it's wrong to want to have that time where you like, just refresh and renew. I mean, everybody has to have that, you know, that time where you go and get in your closet and hide from everybody, <laughs> or, or, you know, or, you know, that kind of thing. But no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the way we live out our life, and, and you understand social engagement. Cohesiveness as opposed to detachment. Man, when we're a part of something, we, it just motivates us. It encourages us. It energizes us when, when we're a part of something doing that. Safety versus danger. Man, there, there's safety in numbers. You know, there really is. We were doing some, uh, doing some hiking and stuff when I went to Alaska a few years ago, and we didn't hike by ourselves, you know, because there's bears, <laughs> big ones. So you do safety in numbers. Well, you know what? In life, there's still some real truth to that, right? There's safety in numbers. Why? Because when you have one of those days, one of those weeks, or one of those months, one of those years, when, man, life hits you hard, Sure is good to have some people around you, that safety net, to stand beside you, to put the arm, lock arms with you, and stand shoulder to shoulder and be with you. Safety instead of danger. And it's so important to do that. But hey, listen, you know, there's several ways we can get involved in community around here. We can do community groups based on uh, some affinity things, things you like doing, but also through life groups. That's the real next step for us folks. You know, our, our strategy is come and worship. Next thing, get involved in life group. You pray together, you study together, you grow together, you serve together, you do all those things. It's very important. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Faye Manson has to say, okay? Hi, my name is Faye Manson. My husband and I have been here at the Heights since 2002. 
So back in March, I was approached by Bonnie and Ronnie about possibility of doing a community group. I prayed about it, and um, the first night I had prayed that we would have 25. And then, <laughs> in July the 8th, we met, and we had, I guess, 40 some. And there were people here that don't go to the heights, which that was my prayer, that we would reach out into the community because it's not just about the heights, it's about everybody that lives around here. And I wanted us, I had a burden for people that to see that we loved on other people and that we were the feet and arms of Jesus. And now, you know, every week there's been visitor after visitor that has come, people from outside of this church. Um, these women are inviting people in their neighborhoods, at Wawa, at Starbucks, at everywhere locally, even um, the toll booths. Um, have been invited. It's just amazing to watch God work. I've been saved since I was um, 16. And I have taught Sunday school and taught ladies Bible studies. I've never seen anything like this. I think on the last time I checked, there was probably 80 people that have registered uh, that are coming. It's really an answer to a lot of prayer of people in this church that have prayed over the years. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Um, this is the first time in my life that I've ever had a Bible study that, honest to God, the Lord was just there every Monday night. Um, I can't believe I prayed for 25, and I just did what he asked me to do, and that's just to show up and be obedient to him. So I encourage you to do the same thing. If God impresses on your heart to do a community group of any kind, if it's just going to have coffee with a few ladies, I encourage you to do it because if God puts that on your heart, there are people that need you and need to meet you there. And God can use anybody, even me, a broken, wrinkled old, 62-year-old to give out his gospel. Just be obedient to him. He loves us so much. That's why he came, and that's why he's going to come back again. God bless you. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah, that's just good stuff, isn't it? Uh, so it's been great watching how God used her in the last few months. And the one thing that really struck me from the video, uh, and, and that's why I want to share the story, is she said, I just did what God told me to do, and that was to show up. <sighs> Folks, do you get it? Man, there's power in being obedient. It'll change your life. I'm telling you, if you talk to Faye today, she'd say, man, this is changing my life. It is, it is just amazing what God's doing. And, and it's, it's an investment of energy and time and all that kind of stuff. But boy, she, it's just the truth, folks. Community will rock your world if you'll take that next step and do that. And again, there's several ways you can do that. Listen, can you take that back out? Remember, we talked about it at the very beginning. Got it? I hope you started filling it out and do that kind of stuff because we want to take it up in just a second and uh, if you'll do that. But take it out and, and just kind of fill out some stuff. If you have uh, any suggestions for community groups or any hot topics you'd like to know or even uh, what life groups that you might be interested in or if you actually attend, you know a life group, uh, you can you let us know exactly what those are. And it's really important to, to be able to do that. Um, 
We're so excited about what's happening in our life groups. And we have a lot of people. They believe in community so much, they're standing outside waiting. And y'all saw all the tables out there when you came in. So just to the right, there are, there are tables with people from our uh, 915 life groups, which would suit y'all well since you come to this service. But 915 life groups, also 8 o'clock life groups are over there. And uh, also our off-campus life groups. There, we have a number of off-campus life groups. We have some people from that. Over on the left-hand side, we have uh, our uh, 10. 45 life groups, some other next generation stuff, and also some information about Discipleship University, which is another short period way of getting involved with things to learn and grow. We have several new uh, Discipleship classes being started. Uh, please take note of those because, folks, these are great opportunities and they're really good. I promise you, you're missing something if you don't, if you don't hit them and, and be a part of that. Again, some of the new life groups on the back of your your program guide and so fill that out and once you uh once you fill that out if you'll pass that over to your left uh we will uh we'll take those up in just a minute let me let me finish by saying this i started earlier and i mentioned that uh one of the things that i try to evaluate is hey what is that next step of, of obedience for my life and how it's different for everybody for some in this room I firmly believe that, man, that next step for you is, is coming to a place where you accept Christ as your Savior. Man, you, you, you've maybe been in church many times. Uh, maybe this is the first time in a long time. I don't know. But he loves you. He has a plan for your life. And he gave his life for you. It's the greatest next step you'll ever take. And if you're interested in knowing more about accepting Christ and, and being a part of this family, there's this kingdom of God, that's, that's, it's a new kind of family that's, that's different. And when you leave, if you go straight out uh, to uh, the, there's a connection desk on the far side, if you'll go there and, um, and talk to them, guess what, man, we have people there that want to pray with you and talk to you and maybe answer your questions or anything like that. I'll be walking around out there if you want to talk to me. I'll be glad to talk and share with you also. Maybe you just need to, your next step is to affirm what God's doing in your life. Maybe you've been attending here a while. You know that God wants you to officially say, hey, yes, this is my church. I'm not just coming in and sitting down and, and being, you know, kind of tasting. But, boy, I want to say I, I'm a part. I want, to, I want to join the team, so to speak. And you want to be a part of that same desk. They'll talk to you and, and share with you about those things. So, man, you can talk to people about small groups. You can talk to people about your relationship with Christ. You can do those things. Folks, there's just so many things you do. Maybe your next step is just to pray and say, God, what, you know, just spend some time saying, God, what, what do you want me to do? But I pray that leaving today, you have a greater understanding of why community and being a part of a group is important. And our strategy as a church is to come worship, and then get in a life group and serve and reach out from that. We want you to be a part of it. You are missing a significant part of what it means to be in our church if you're not doing that. And I, I challenge you. I hope you'll do that. It's just a wonderful thing. If you finish those things, could you pass your cards to the left? That would be that way for me, okay? So <laughs> there you go. If you could pass that to the left. We're going to have some folks uh, come by and pick those up in just a second. And I'm going uh, to pray. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go. So just give you one more chance to do that. Okay, it's going. Let's pray together. And uh, well, I'll tell you what, first, ushers, y'all, can y'all come down and pick these things up real quick? And then uh, whoever's on the end, if you'll just hand it to, the, to hand it to somebody, that'd be good. If somebody misses you, you can hand it to one of the ushers at the door as you walk out. That'd be fine uh, and do those kind of things. But um, man, good stuff happening. And uh, let's, let's, let's pray with one another. Thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you that you came.
you came to die. You came to save us and redeem us through yourself. Lord, I hope that you will help us to experience all that it means to be a part of this new kind of family. God, that you would help us to be a part of this church where friends become family. Oh, God, you're, you're, you are an awesome God, and you deserve our best. Help us, Lord, to show up and take that next step. Lord, also be with us as we go out today into our, into our homes, into our neighborhoods, into our jobs, or wherever, wherever you may take us. Help us be salt and light in all that we do. We do love you, and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Go out and enjoy some good weather. Come on.